This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Spokesperson and chairperson of the Traditional Health Practitioners Council of South Africa, Dr. Fikile Vilakazi joins me next. And of course, we're speaking to, of course, the chairperson of the uh, Traditional Health Practitioners Council of South Africa. Um, and that's a.k.a. Akogo Solomon Shabangu about the newly appointed interim council that has resumed its duties in May. You'll remember that, of course, there were vacancies there now resuming, resuming those particular responsibilities in May following its appointment by the Minister of Health, Dr. Patla, in April. The council is a professional body. Uh, that is, of course, the uh, Traditional Health Practitioners Council of South Africa is a professional body established by Parliament, giving traditional health practitioners registered with it the authority to issue medical certificates in line with the provisions of the Basic Conditions of Employment Act. And that is something I want to get on to a conversation with Dr. Fikilam Vilakazi immediately about and bring Dr. into the conversation. Dr. Fikila Vilakazi, welcome to Power 98.7. Welcome to Power Perspective. How are you? Good evening, Denzel. I'm very well. Thank you. And to, and to listeners at home. And welcome back to Power Perspective. Uh, it's always, always a pleasure to talk to you. Doctor, do you, do you get frustrated, you know, uh, when, when, you've, when you do have and you are the chairperson of the Traditional Health Practitioners Council of South Africa? And, and you know, if you, if you go to Google and you look up, you know, about the majority of conversations sometimes that people want to engage in this particular sphere is, is one that says um, it gives traditional health practitioners registered with its authority the issue to, to issue medical certificates in line with provisions of the Basic Conditions of Employment Act. Sometimes I feel and 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 I'm sure you know uh, there there would be a pr- uh, a frustration around it. Yes, of course, that has come and that's been a long time in the coming. But that's not the only conversation to be held uh, when we have these particular conversations about uh, traditional health, right? That's correct. Absolutely. Why why do you think? Why do you think that in a country like ours, um, that be, the, I mean. I went, to, I went there today to, 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 to prepare for this particular interview. And time and time again, the articles are really just, and, and, and they take stock of the ability to assign and to issue a medical certificate. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, no, come on. You know, there's, there's so much more to this, but pe- people are really, really fixated with this one, one aspect of, of the health you know, um, uh, uh, fraternity in that particular space. Why, why do you think we're, we're so narrow in our conversations? We're so narrow in our focus? Thank you for asking that, Denzel. I mean, you know, the whole um, issue of traditional health in South Africa is um, one that is full of challenges, right? It, mm. is, an, it is a story that um, is not immune to issues of colonization, mm. um, perhaps also apartheid in the manner that our spiritualities as African people mm. has been viewed, you know, as barbaric um, and, the, you know, witches and all of that mm. negative stereotype that has always been given to traditional healers. Mm. So, and, and, and of course, then the issue of legitimacy, whether when you call yourself a traditional health practitioner, are you even a, a practitioner? Are you legitimate? Can you issue a certificate? Can you hmm. 
um, can you cure, you know, mm, an mm. illness, and, and so on. So that's the, and, and I think it's it's all embedded in the psyche mm. of uh, of colonization. However, mm. I think it's very important to demystify all of that, mm. which is why this council um, was put in place by mm. uh, an act of law, by the yeah. way, just to you know to say South Africans. Um, this is an act of law that was enacted in 2007 called the Traditional yeah. Health Practitioners Act mm. of 2007 to, pa- to basically make sure that, first of all, South Africans are aware that there is something called traditional health, but mm. also that it is not always a bad practice, but mm. Um, mm. it's one of the health practices, just like you regulate nursing, social work, mm. um, you know, psychology, and so on. It's a healing paradigm. Mm. that the Department of Health is committed to ensuring that uh, it is recognized and regulated like if, if, if everyone else. Sure. So, and I, and I think what is unique about it, Denzel, mm. and to, to listen to the term, is the fact that it takes us back to that place of Ubuntu. Yeah. To, you know, it takes us back to that place of our indigeneity, where we are able to recognize the fact that we have these gifts and we have these abilities and, mm. uh, and modalities to be able to, to heal differently in a way mm. that um, affirms who we are as a people. You know? mm. and, I, and I think that conversation is missing, like you're saying. Mm. Many times people just come from that place of stigma. Mm. Um, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's a Western conversation, almost to, it's, it's the one that wants to give it a function rather than having an understanding of it. And embracing it, exactly. Yes. It's always about, like, every time when you go into public domain, you want to talk about traditional things. People immediately imagine this this dark witch, mm. um, evil person that that has intentions to kill and murder people, you know. Mm. And no one ever really looks at it from the place where we are sitting to say we are healers uh, mm. of ourselves mm. and healers of the nation. Mm. And it's sad, you know. And, and this council has got the responsibility then to bring back to bring back that uh, dignity mm. to the to the practice and also bring it to back to the psyche of our nation and our ways of being as abandoned to, to say that um, mm. we heal differently and we would like fellow South Africans to know that it is not every traditional healer out there that is a murderer, that is a killer. Mm. We do have genuine people um, that really want to be recognized and, and, and be regulated even by law to say mm. that... Um, we, we just want to know that we can contribute towards the health of the nation. Mm. And also, um, you know, like people like myself who are willing to even say, we want to even go to an extent where we are saying, not in our name, mm. you know, mm. the kinds mm. of things that we see that are happening out there, mm. uh, where people, you do have focus healers, people who just wake up one day and they, they just think they're going to do all kinds of things. They will do witchcraft, they, mm. will, they will use moti to murder people, they'll sell people's body parts. We don't mm. stand for that. Mm. And the council is, is, is precisely for those kinds of things. But unfortunately, that is just the one narrative that yeah. is sitting in the tongue of South Africans, you mm. know. And, and we want to then have this body um, that is cancelled to sort of uh, bring back yeah. the positive aspects of, of, of the healing. That, that speaks to the regulation also. Uh, but but I, I, I want to I want to I'm tempted to ask you and I and and, and I'm going to ask you uh, because um, you know um, the, the the as the chairperson this you know probably uh, best place to to answer it uh, when 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 you talk about you know the, the the ability and the dignity and and that particular aspect that you said um, the the gift that 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 comes with with this particular you know uh, uh space 
How, how does one engage that particular aspect in a Western world? That particular conversation to say, yes, uh, we do have the the ability to to heal. We do have the ability, just just like everybody else does, and and it comes with a particular gift. And then people and then people would probably sit up in in the Western space and say. Okay, that that's the mystical part. How do you, Doctor Fikile Vilakazi, address that particular conversation in a in a in a world where they where there's where they want regulation, in a world where they, there's there's a need for legislation, in a world where things need to be boxed and 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 if you can't see it and if you can't you know um, uh, uh, engage in it, then it it obviously doesn't exist. How do you engage? in that particular space, around that particular aspect, in, 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 in an environment that, that says we live in a, in, in, in a Western world? You know, Denzel, to be honest with you, I mean, there's common law everywhere, right? Mm. Even in terms of the, the traditional health practice, you yeah. know that we've got uh, things that you call is in band. I yeah. don't know how to say it in English, mm. but these are the initiation schools that are training um, you mm. know, healers. Mm. Mm. There's a way in which it's being done. There's curriculum that is in place. There's methodologies that are being yeah, used. Yeah. There's things that are being observed, which you could call the common law of traditional health practice. Mm. The only difference is that, um, you know, Western education does not understand that indigenous mm. form mm. Of, of learning and ways of knowing and ways of, of developing knowledge. And the part then of the regulation is to say, can we take those um, aspects of, of indigeneity Mm. Um, you know, and recognize them and say, this is how things are being done. When we then are saying a traditional healer mm. is compliant, it would be on the grounds of yeah. indigenous practice yeah. and indigenous law that is happening. So in a Western world that demands so much standards mm. and regulation, a kind of a thing like that is possible, right? It's mm. possible to coexist, um, yes. you know, to ensure that um, what you call Westernization and indigeneity can coexist in the same space. Because mm. we are we're evolving as a people. Um, and we live in a world that is evolving all the time. And, and laws and, and, and standards and, and conduct mm. you know, is something that is being demanded. But it doesn't mean that when you do that, you must strip the practice of its own indigeneity. Yes. And, Learn and, from the practice. Mm. Let it inform what you call knowledge. And, 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 and the, reason, the reason why I asked that question, Dr. Fikile Vudakazi, is, is, is my assumption that sometimes you would have a frustration that every time you need to go back there and you need to reiterate that particular point and that it doesn't come easy and that you need to almost find yourself justifying it again. Uh, hence, hence, hence the question. Yeah, no, it's deeply frustrating, you know, constantly having to give language to yes. this thing that um, has been distorted over time, you know, to sort of reclaim mm. uh, certain components of it, um, uh, the, the indigenous aspect of what we call healing, mm. and mm. trying to fit it into this box, like, box, like you are saying, mm. that is called law, that is called regulation, and the understanding, you know, teaching is very dangerous. The mm. colonial curriculum has taught us in certain ways that this is how medicine looks like. Yeah, this yeah. is how healing looks like. So it's almost like when you bring in then this curriculum that comes from Amapeto or indigenous spaces of healing, um, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult to negotiate that place. And the role of council is to try and find that negotiation to say um, it is possible we do have curriculum, we have to recognize it and reclaim it and reuse it in a way that says, 
this is the standardization of what you call a traditional health practitioner. Mm. Um, you know, there may be diversities, like you'll find University of Cape Town will never teach the same curriculum like you, a University of the Western Cape, yeah. you know, mm. but they are all universities mm. and they, they all get accredited by SACWA. Even in indigenous schools, we all practice indigenous traditional health practice, mm. but uh, the curriculum would differ, but there are these common elements of it that you would look at and say, if someone has done a BCMD, this person really has undergone um, this thing that we call traditional health practice. Mm. Um, and, and, and there's a world of spirit as well. You know, one of the challenges we're having out there is that how do you really regulate spirit? Yeah. And there's a world of health. <laughs> you know, Dr. Fikila, you know, I was just about to ask you that. And then you, you, took, it yeah. out of, you took it out of my mouth. <laughs> I was about to say, how do you regulate? And, 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 and the question then further to that would have been, and let me just ask you too, as you're on that particular point, did mm. regulation come with resistance? Um, because in, in, in one element, regulation boxes you and says these are the rules and these are the kind of things that we have to do and abide by and, and you know, the functionality of all of those things around legislation. And then you've got this particular space where how do you regulate, as you just said, how do you leg- regulate the world of the spirit? So l- let me ask you firstly, did regulation come easy? Was it something that everybody just agreed to and said, Oh well, yes, we do it. For us to 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 be taken seriously, we need to be regulated. Or was there a conversation about, but but why do we? And and maybe the answer is is to keep you know the the space away from uh, you know elements that that would you know in 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 essence damage the image of of what uh, you know traditional health is. It's not easy, Denzel. I mean, it's not easy. You know, you find traditional healers out there who are saying, we don't want government to regulate spirits. Mm. They mm. don't know, you know, they don't, they actually don't have a clue. And and that's a segment of healers who are even against the traditional health yeah. practitioners that was developed to say, you, you just want to westernize us. Mm. We are not going to take that route, right? If you are going to regulate, we have to inform what that means. So it's not, um, it's not an easy Thing. And then you also have government on the other side who is saying we are worried about the users because people are dying out there. Mm. We're worried about the toxicity. We're worried about all these things, right, in terms of the kinds of medicines that, uh, that yeah. you administer. Yeah. So it's not an easy conversation. Mm. Um, we are still going through regulation as we speak, Denzel. Yeah. This act was promulgated in, two, um, it's, the process started in 2003. Yeah. But up to today, yeah. we actually have not registered one traditional healer because of this debate in the country. Mm. Um, and the issue is really about standards. Yeah. Whose standards the, are we the, talking the, about? The assessments. Yeah. The assessment the and the measurement. Mm. Exactly. The curriculum, the assessment, who, what constitutes a student, you know, what constitutes a healer, what is medicine and what is not medicine. And we've seen these things during COVID mm. with the Madagascar situation in terms of COVID organics and so on, right? Um, and many other examples that I can make, cases around Hoodia that are happening in the country right now. Mm. So there are really deep-seated questions around this that has made it harder in the last couple of years to say regulate and successfully mm. do so. So mm. we are back in the conversation, um, opening, opening it up again and say, let us talk, let us all um, engage, mm. all stakeholders, government, traditional healers, users of traditional medicine to see the intention here. Mm. is really to heal, it is not to harm. But let us make sure that what we call standards are actually informed by the indigenous practice 
that we call traditional health. And, and I think once we do that switch, we are probably going to likely, um, you know, find our, um, each other along the way. There are certain things we, can, we can't regulate, like the world of spirits, mm. but there are things that we can regulate in terms of the plants and the mm. herbs mm. And, and, and perhaps, you know, making someone take a medicine that you, you prescribe to them. So those are like tangible things. Sure. Um, and, and we just need to find a way then of saying, how do you do the separations of the world of spirits from that of the practice and the plant, mm. which is the herb that is used to heal. So it's quite a dicey um, conversation, but a sure. necessary one sure. uh, mm. that really, really demands respect mm. of all parties and uh, care and love and passion and empathy. You, you, you went back to 2003, you went back to 2007. I can take you back to uh, 2013 uh, when, when, of course, the, uh, you know, the, tra- the Traditional Health Practitioners Council was inaugurated. 2014, sections of the Act that, that gives uh, powers came into effect. Uh, so this aspect of regulation, the, the, the one almost key element that, that doesn't, you know, that there's no finality on how far down the road are we on that particular conversation, do you, you know are there are there inroads made? Are we still at the beginning of that conversation? Is there still a lot of work to be done around that? And and you know, is there ever a point where you know everybody would sit down and say, okay, you know, um, we we have an understanding, we 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 think this is the route to take. How far are we down that particular conversation of regulation, considering the the the, the time frames that that we've just gone back to? Mm. Thank you for asking that question. We're actually stuck at the place of standards, mm. right? It's a question of standardization. Uh, in 2015, the minister had issued regulations, um, and traditional healers were not happy with those regulations uh, to say this is how, you know, you are going to be registered. And, mm. and, and of course, you can't register if you don't have regulations. Yeah. You must regulate, you must have standards. So that is where the conversation got stuck. Mm. And 2015 regulations are now outdated. We are back to saying we want to renew and regulations, but we want to review and amend even the act itself. Mm. Because traditional health practitioners were saying that act um, is not in our favor. That act is not really about the traditional mm. health practice uh, more than it is about the user. And uh, the Department of Health has sort of listened to that. So we are at a phase where now we are going back to the communities, probably mm. amending the act um, and amending the regulations. We will be having conversations with the Minister of Health. Uh, you know, in our advisory capacity to say these are the things that we are hearing and seeing within the community, and this is what we suggest needs to be done. Perhaps in all other role players, you know, mm. like the South Kenya Health Products Authority, which which really deals with the plant itself and the medicine itself, mm. the Department of Health deals with the practitioner, and then other stakeholders that are relevant in terms of the Department of Education around what do we call curriculum and so on. So we, we want to bring everybody on board, but also initiation schools. Mm. traditional indigenous schools to say um, how do we come together and into this conversation in a manner that uh, reviews what was troubling all of us but make it make it work towards the healing of the nation because the essence here is about uh, making sure that all of us contribute towards what we call health 
public health in this particular instance and those who use it privately as well. Sure. For all of us. And that is where the conversation is at at the moment. Sure. Dr. Vilakazi, I'll take you back to the conversation that I started with, whereby um, the, 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 the fixation with the, 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 the element of, you know, medical certificates in line with the provisions of the of the Basic Conditions of Employment Act can, you know, can now be issued and, and, and seemingly, you know, that is a big achievement, but, you know, not within the broader conversation that we that we actually having but but ultimately it is a bigger conversation it is a massive development in its own and you know one shouldn't take away from it because in a sense that is that is recognition in in its own right so in as much as one doesn't only want to have that particular conversation because it's much broader than that i think you have to have the conversation as well alongside it because it it it, it formally gives you you know recognition it recognizes the space even if we don't want to have the conversation, it ultimately is the conversation then that brings formality and recognizes the space. Do you think, uh, Dr. Vilakazi, that in that particular aspect where medical certification now uh, can be issued, that the workplace environment, uh, things have changed in the workplace environment where where uh, some some employers would accept, some employers would not accept uh, and and then also the aspect of authenticity of the certificate as well. When when you don't have that particular thing we've just been talking to about regulation, where practitioners are not, you know, um, uh, they 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 in under that particular aspect, they, there is nobody that's particularly signed up. So this particular aspect of of the workplace, how how ready are you and I to have a conversation? in a traditional workplace about certification, even if it gives uh, some some form of acknowledgement to the traditional health practitioner's space, uh, where the workplace might not be ready or the workplace is ready for that? How how have you engaged or, or seen that place develop? You know, uh, the workplace is skeptical at the moment. Mm. You know, you are, you are hearing situations where you, people are bringing in certificates from traditional healers. To because because it's legal. Because it's legal and you can. We have jurisprudence, right, from yeah. that case. Yes. We have jurisprudence and that jurisprudence counts. So, so that's what we are using at the moment uh, so that people can then say you have to recognize employ, employees who are saying, I'm not able to come to work, I have been sick because yeah. of your twice. Yeah. You know, which was which comes from that particular case. But what we are seeing is that uh, employers are skeptical, mm. um, especially because we only have that jurisprudence, but actually the Labor Act is not very, very clear. Mm. Um, you know, this did not read itself into, into the labor law. Uh, so, so people uh, are still doubting the certificate. People are still doubting the practitioner, whether this person is even able mm. to diagnose. Mm. What is being claimed to have been diagnosed here? So there are those things. But nonetheless, I think that we have something beautiful in the jurisprudence of South Africa that uh, that, that empowers traditional healer and, and perhaps the indigenous health sector to be able to argue a particular place in law in terms of regulation to say we have this at least to claim and hold on to. I can tell you a beautiful story, Denzel. Mm. Uh, recently at the University of the Western Cape, uh, there was there's this process that is going on around the po- po- policy on wellness. And, and UWC, amongst you know, a, a very, very few institutions, has thought about this carefully to say, mm. we are receiving these certificates from students and yeah. from staff. Mm. How do we build it into our policy? And they've committed to building it. So, some, they are, so there are best practices, there, but there are also very, very um, you know, um, 
skeptical cases where people are still saying, uh-uh, I think this is just fraudulent certificates. Mm. Um, you know, we're not going to take it, we're not going to use it. So that is the environment in which we are in now in South Africa. And I think when we strengthen regulation and we sort mm. of bring everything together, we are likely to tighten that jurisprudence and give it more life and firm it up and more legitimacy mm. than it is experiencing itself at the moment within the employment sector. Is it is it a difficult conversation to have where the majority of 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 people in the country are black and 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 other let's let's just say you know there's a there's an eighty percent and a twenty percent let's just divide it for all practical reasons like that and 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 you struggle to have a conversation around these particular aspects where ultimately um, you know the, the the reality is is that the citizens of this country are, are black. And yet we're struggling to have and we're struggling to have admitted uh, these particular conversations uh, and, and to have proper conversations around these particular aspects. Is, 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 is that a, a frustration in your space or is it, is it, is it, or have you come to terms with it? You know, where the, the irony is that where these conversations would be natural conversations because of an understanding of the, of the landscape they're actually very difficult conversations to have, um, you know, from, from our col- colonial past maybe. But, but you know, is, is it a frustration or, or do you find that it's just another, you know, battle that you have to win on every other given day? It's a battle. And, um, you know, I did research. One of the, uh, I did one of the studies just around the consumption of traditional medicines in mm. South Africa mm. not so long ago, and your percentages are not far. Mm. What I found when I did that research, Denzel, is that 72% of people that consume mm. traditional medicines in South Africa are actually the, uh, the black majority. Yes. Right. And, 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 and you're so close. I was, I'm so impressed in the manner that you, you came with your skirt and your split. Mm. And, and that is where the battle is, because then that is a segment of the population that is struggling to actually have uh, decent access to health, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they resort to traditional healers uh, yes. in, in terms of a majority. But uh, you find that we are getting then uh, this pushback from the from the fundamental, uh, you know, religious spaces in particular, some fundamental cultural spaces, but also fundamental. Um, colonial spaces who still view traditional health practice as something other than health. Mm. So people still hide it when they go to their churches. Mm. I mean, the Methodist Church currently is actually discussing a policy document as you speak mm. around Ubutasa, which is impressive. Mm. We're starting to see those kinds of spaces. But generally, uh, you know, South Africa is a more than 80% population that is, that is Christian. Mm. And people still hide the fact that they go into traditional healer, even pastors, mm. you know, mm. even, mm. even imams. Uh, who do that mainly because of the fact that this is something that is still frowned upon. Mm. So that is what we're still finding. Although people consume, mm. they will still consume it in secret. They will still go and see and consult a traditional healer at night or mm. you know behind closed doors so that nobody knows mm. because it is that much of a taboo still in our society. Mm. And we are hoping that with this process, and yet the irony, and yet the irony is, is we we generally have that eighty twenty percent split. We do, we mm. do. 
you know, and it's, it's really, I, I did the research myself, but also the research that is done by the World Health Organization mm. confirms these figures. The research that is done by a number of other countries that are using traditional medicine, like your, you know, countries of the South, like China, Brazil, mm. India, and in, in, in the Caribbean, mm. you know, they, they, the statistics are more or less the same. Mm. So this is, this is reality, something that we are passionate about, so we constantly are asking questions. Mm. And the research I'm quoting here that I did is not so long ago. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's, that's what we're finding. And, and, and it is challenging in a country like South Africa where inequalities are so high. Mm. We are one of the countries that has got uh, high levels of inequality in terms of just access to basic services, including health. Mm. Um, for, for the majority of the poor who happen to be black um, and women and, sure. and, and recently LGBTQI and so on because of the number of violences that we're experiencing and sexual cars and so on. So that is and, and 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 we treat we treat we treat all these um, um you know kinds of marginal voices and bodies mm. as in the which in our shines mm. and yet the system still frowns upon so the, so so we are hoping when not denzel that and listeners at home yeah. that this process of, of regulation or what we are calling regulation for lack of a better word yeah is going to bring in a the the, the traditional health system into the public sector mm. the conversations around the national health insurance conversations around inclusive health uh, uh, care practices will mm, mm, mm. go into this segment of traditional health because we are a majority. We are many. And mm. I think it can really make a contribution that is meaningful towards um, accessibility to, to primary health care, but also accessibility generally to, to basic health care. Mm. Everybody that needs it in South Africa. Doctor, you've just been talking about inequality, poor and marginalised, and 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 sometimes there's there's a creative, there's a there's a there's a narrative around that. So so inequality, poor and marginalised, and then you create a narrative about finance. It's it's not an issue of finance really. When when you when you do seek out traditional health, it's it's a cultural issue. It's it's got nothing to do with with a a, a financial ability. It's a choice that you make because of of who you are and what your what your being is. Mm. Would you would you agree Would you agree with that? I fully agree. And when we talk about poverty in this instance, poverty is not just economic. Mm, mm, poverty mm. is spiritual and 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 i think if you're talking about it from the post-colonial lens you also mm. and post-colonial and not suggesting that the colonial is gone but post-colonial in a sense that still monitors that which looks colonial in our times mm-hmm. including what we're talking about our spirituality the poverty of spirit yes the poverty of spirit a, a dangel this is something that the, what we are calling the decolonization project is about, and, um, and these rates are big. Um, and I wish I can use something simpler than that, but this is actually what was stolen by uh, the colonizers mm. here. You mm. know, they, they stripped people of spirituality, the depth of who we are, the meaning, and the fragmentation that have had have come with that, where you are finding that the plant as a head is separated from the spirit, from the body of the person that actually makes the help. And that's been the westernization and the curriculum of westernization. In, in, in this, in this system, you can't separate all of that mm. because we come from that angle that says everything is whole. Um, even the plant is used, is used in its entirety with the people, with the community. Uh, you know, so you have that holistic thing. And that's the work and the power of the spirit that comes behind it. 
the dancing, the singing, mm. the jubilation, the conversations you have with the moon, the stars, and the nature, and mm. nature, and, and, and the oceans. It's something that was taken away because when you go into trance, in terms of the Witchcraft Act of mm. 1957, which we are still battling with in South Africa today, mm-hmm. which is colonial legislation, you cannot claim that you can see things and see visions <laughs> and you're able to see people because then mm. you're sentenced that you get into jail. Mm. Many of our mothers and our grandmothers and our fathers have gone to prison. People's houses have been bent down. They continue to be bent down as we speak, Denzel, mm. in the name of witchcraft. Because once you start talking that language, hey, mm. you are a witch, mm. right? So we, we come from that. Um, so when I talk about poverty in this particular instance and marginalization, I'm, I'm not just talking economic marginalization, but I'm talking about marginalization of spirit. Because many of the people that end up at the doors of our clinics, our hospitals, and our psychiatric wards are not just physically sick, mm. but are people that are spiritually sick and mm. fragmented. And, and from where we are sitting as traditional health practitioners, one of the arguments that we've been making is that South Africa as a nation, we are sick spiritually. Because mm. something was stolen from us mm, mm. Uh, because of colonization and apartheid. And I think the indigenous knowledge systems um, component of it is, is that part that, you know, it's a very small segment that is, that is, is still able to hold on to that part of who we are, um, even as much as, as denied as, as it has been over time. And this language that we call regulation, where we're trying to say fit into this box, we're trying to say we don't want to lose this part of who we are. Mm. South Africa needs it. All of us need um, the, 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 the richness of spirit. And yeah. there is something called poverty of spirit. And it's not about mm. money. It's not about property. Absolutely. It's not about the kind of life. It's about these things that sit inside our hearts and our souls. Sure. Dr. Vilakazi, is it is it is the is the fight a broader fight? When I when I look at the Sadak region, and and I want to ask you what 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 the role is, you know, in in regards to the Sadak region as well. But when you look at the the Sadak regional bodies, four out of fourteen Southern African countries have legislated. So so that's that's very very little. South Africa, Namibia, Zimbabwe, those particular three countries have created a council. Um, is it is it a much much broader fight than 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 anticipated? It's it's a bigger fight. Uh, you know, you're reminding me of Professor Chavunduka from Zimbabwe. Mm. Uh, you know, he really he passed on now. He's late May, so rest in peace. He was one of the pioneers of this work in Southern Africa. Mm. Uh, you know, which is why you are seeing this kind of change in Southern Africa because South Africa, Zimbabwe, and a couple of other countries in the in the sub in the sub region. Mm have been involved in this work, you know, the, as part of the Africa um, uh, decade of, 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 of promoting traditional medicine, that, that campaign that has been happening, mm. that's coming from who? But it's, it's, a, it's a hard one because, uh, as you know, you know, Denzel, it's democracy and the transition, what we call uh, um, when our countries came out of colonization mm. in the 60s, in the 50s, uh, one of the things that did not come back was our spirit. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Uh, for, for mm. colonization and, and, and it's something that um, the colonizer managed to, to make sure that it actually doesn't come back mm. the kinds of legislation that you see that, that we call democracy today the, the kinds of laws that are being used to still monitor mm. the work of spirit even today we are seeing in countries like Uganda for example where you are seeing the, 
the Pentecostal movement mm. can easily come in and control governments and control what goes into legislation, mm. um, you know, to, to, to make sure that people, particularly African people, are sorted from being who they are, mm. uh, to practice who they are, to become who they are, including our spiritualities and sexualities and so on. Mm. So it's, it's, not, it's not surprising that you only have very, very few countries on the African continent that have committed to, to legislating in this manner. It is not a mistake. Mm. The Pentecostal movement is informed by the missionary movement that arrived here during colonization and uh, twisted things around. And we all know the story, right, of mm. how the missionary schools have done this work. And, and that is still entrenched. Mm. That is still entrenched in what we call spirituality today, which is why, um, in, in just in terms of the education system that we've got, indigenous knowledge um, will always be frowned upon. Mm. And any government that seeks to promote that will probably face sanctions uh, or will probably face lack of support from their friends internationally in terms of money, um, in terms of development. Uh, you know, so it, 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 it goes that deep. Mm. Would, that would, would, a regional, would a regional body, would a, a, a regional entity you know, assist in, 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 in these, or is the answer what you've just given me, whereby anybody who, who tries to move in that particular direction would face sanctions and other, you know, and other. Is, is that, is that the, 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 the rationale, you know, or maybe, maybe I don't know. Is there a regional body that, that you know, where your, yourselves as, as, of course, uh, you know, the... Um, uh, the the council and uh, other entities can 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 relate, can talk to you know, and 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 engage and take and take you know elements further. Is there a regional body? Is there talk of a regional body? Would a regional body assist? Well, I mean, I think it will. What we do have is a, is this campaign that I mentioned, which I started a couple of years ago. Um, from the African Union, which mm. is called the, the Africa, it's, it's, it's actually decades of promoting African traditional medicines. And what you find is that all the countries that are member states of the African Union have got to celebrate this thing that you call an a, a tradition, African traditional medicine week. Mm. It happens every September, every August of every year. It's coming for us now in South Africa from the 20 in that week of the 23rd to the 29th of August, mm. and it happens in other countries as well. So we've got that. And then in terms of the South-South arrangement, I know that uh, countries of BRICS, mm. Brazil, Russia, India, South Africa, um, have, have, have signed this uh, commitment to promoting also, you know, traditional medicines. I mean, and, and I'm using, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing this out also being critical about it because, mm. they, again, they're separating the practitioner from the herb. Uh, all these arrangements are interested in the plant more than mm. they're interested in the work of spirit and the person. Mm. But we've seen, um, you know, we've seen countries like China and India being able to amalgamate both the work of spirit and, and the body and, and the plant and the healing. But I think in Africa we are battling with that mainly because of the, the, the reasons that are stated. Uh, so we don't have um, any organized body outside of those governments. Mm led initiatives that I'm aware of. Mm. Uh, all of it is really driven from that place of government. But what you are seeing emerging on the African continent and in South Africa as well is the different formations of associations by healers. Um, you know, for example, now there's something called the Sadek University 
of traditional medicines, of African traditional medicines, which is just a group of healers who've come together and they're busy building this university to say, we want something like Timbuktu. Mm. You know, where we are going to bring back this indigenous knowledge into into our into our into our curriculum mm. and uh, maybe it recognized in the manner that we think that it should. so there are many of those kinds of formations they're not recognized by government at the moment but i think when we do the process of sanitization which is something that we have started now um we are obviously having conversations with them those different formations to say what does it look like for you what does it look like for you and how can you formulate all of this to make something that is common for all of us Sure. But to, to answer your question, yes, I think a regional body would really help. My guest tonight, between this particular hour at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock, Dr. Fikile Vilakazi. And Dr. Fikile Vilakazi is the spokesperson and chairperson of the Traditional Health Practitioners Council of South Africa. Dr. Vilakazi, I'm going to ask you, um, the, the council now, resuming its duties, um, and, and in, in May... What, ha- what happens next? So the minister has done what he's supposed to do. Uh, the council is existent, in existence now. What, what, what happens now? Where, 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 do we see, where do we begin to see movement? So just to say, um, you know, to, to, to listeners at home, Denzel, thank you for asking that question. Sure. What is happening now is we've, had, uh, we've just concluded a term of office of um, the first council, mm. which was given second term, uh, two terms by, by the minister, and uh, that that council was dissolved. So this one was appointed in April sure. um, to sort of move the work of registration forward, but also engage in uh, engagement with healers, you know, the development of standards and so on. Mm. So we have just been appointed in April and in May. We had our first uh, conversation yeah. around how we're going to take this work forward. So where we're going to now, uh, Denzel, is really that work I spoke about earlier on. Uh, we're finalizing our strategic planning as I'm speaking to you now. You're mm-hmm. pulling me from that place mm. and, our, and our, our, our performance plan. But we would like to go back to the, uh, the act itself mm. and, and you know, do the amendments of the act. We mm. are aware that the department internally is busy with that process. And I think it will be made public as soon as we have advised that uh, it needs to be by the minister, including the regulations, which are going to be the standards. We want to go back to the healer's in the communities to say you need to inform this process this is a process that has got to be informed by all of us so that we buy into it and hopefully we can begin uh, the process of registration mm. once everybody understands what that means right and registration does not mean westernization and i think that is the kind of consciousness raising mm. that we want to 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 to, to share commonly mm. with everyone on the ground and i think that 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 content is not shared equally at the moment. So so we stuck there, but mm. I don't think it's a bad kind of stuff. The process is returning the wheels again, and um, we will be talking a lot here within communities in a couple of days here in the radio stations. Like you have given us this a, mm. a, a time, which we really appreciate. We'll be talking a lot uh, about these issues so that all of us um, are part of the debate. This is not a debate, it's important to say, this is not a debate of traditional health practitioners. Yeah. It's a debate of those of us who use traditional medicines as well, because the intention is not to harm. The intention is to heal um, all of us, but also to hold accountable those who are using the name of traditional health practice mm. in vain. So those who go out there and claim that they can kill people, yeah. uh, that they can manipulate people's behaviors in the name of traditional health practice. 
we do not stand for that. So it's also to really bring out that message across those who sell body parts and, and, and so on, uh, th- those bogus healers. We would like to clean up the practice as much as possible, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, um, and bring the dignity and the respect that it deserves. So we are in that phase. When we finish the strategic planning, uh, Denzel, mm-hmm. we'll probably be talking to you again because we are now going to be hitting the road running um, into the different provinces, into communities of healers, and uh, making sure that we are doing these amendments. And hopefully by next year, mm. we will be talking a different language in terms of just um, you know, the development of a shared vision in terms sure. of what we mean when we talk about regulation. Is is there a relationship with the Health Professionals Council of South Africa? They, uh, you know, and 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 that particular HPC uh, uh, SA, um, you know, established by government to determine whether a medical practitioner or traditional healer is registered within the medical council. We talk about registration. We talk about standards. We talk about accountability. Is is there a is there a um, um, a professional link between between uh, these two entities? Yes, there is. For example, um, in, in, in you know, if you have this, in, in all councils, you need to have representatives from other councils. Mm. So we are working with each other at a professional level. Mm. Uh, I'll give you an example. In the traditional health practitioners council of South Africa, we do have people that are coming up from the you know the medical um, um, uh, the council uh, mm. from the pharmaceutical council, but we also have a forum where we are meeting all of us as different councils that are dealing with different modalities of health, including mm. the allied health workers and uh, cancer, you know, and, and, and HPCSA, as you are saying. Mm. So, so that, because our work is the same, we are all governed by the National Health Act. Mm. Uh, we are all governed by our specific um, health, in our case, it will be the, the Traditional Health Practitioners Act Council, but we're also governed by the by the, the, the acts that are, are doing umsevens with SAPRA, you know, mm-hmm. around the regulation of products uh, in the country. So we share that relationship. We want to make sure that as much as we are autonomous and independent, mm-hmm. but uh, our goal in terms of health for the country, particularly public health, mm-hmm. um, you know, are shared and we contribute uh, similarly to make sure that that work happens. So we do have that relationship. Sure. Dr. Fikile Vilakazi, I, I have to ask you this question. I'm tempted to ask you this question. Um, it's, it's a question that I've been thinking about for a long time. You, you know, in, 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 in a lot of spaces, people look after their financial interests. And and they will and they will do anything to protect their financial interests and and sometimes that is a conversation we don't want to have when we're talking about health and we're talking about various institutions that need to be you know uh, you know uh, built and looked after to to look after one's particular health space. Does do you ever give a thought? to some of the frustrations you have, some of the blockages you have, some of the difficult conversations you have, particularly in a space where, you know, there is uh, traditional um, uh, Western, Western medicine, that sometimes it's not about, the conversations are not about uh, whether there should be an existence or, you know, a recognition of the traditional health practitioners council and or practitioners in, in the sense, but Sometimes do you get the feeling that the conversation is about finances and, and, and their economic space? Especially with the pharmaceutical industry coming into the conversation mm. where people are really just interested in the plant and how to make money out of it, how mm. to produce products and so on. 
yes, we find that, and that is deeply frustrating. Mm. Um, you know, where, 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 is, you know where, we, where we come from, we need to look at the person, the spirit, the body, the well-being of society, and the rebuilding and healing of communities. Of course, in the process, you make money. We all need money to be able mm. to live, but money should not be the driving force. This is not a capitalist arrangement. This is an arrangement um, that uh, is meant to enable that we all share from the proceeds of Mother Earth. But so it's deeply frustrating to to then find people from uh, that place mm. that is capitalist hijacking this conversation all the time, hijacking the plant, mm. hijacking the medicinal um, uh, properties that come from these plants for purposes of gain and making profit and exploitation mm. of people. And that is so disturbing. Dr. Fikila Vilakazi, always a pleasure talking to you and, and thank you for coming back to Power Perspective. And you're right, you know, as, as you engage in your conversations as the Health Practitioners Council and you engage those difficult conversations about registration standards and accountability, um, it, it's always a platform that would want to engage your space and engage with you around wh- how that particular space is developing. Uh, as always, Dr. Fik- uh, Fikila Vilakazi, thank you so much for joining us here on Power Perspective tonight. And yeah, uh, may we have many, many more conversations about what you're doing in that particular space. Thank you, Denzel, for sure. Thank you for inviting us. That's Dr. Fikila Vilakazi, spokesperson and chairperson of the Traditional Health Practitioners Council of South Africa. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.